What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV, and you can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And of course, you can download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, we're going to be talking about optimizing headless WordPress custom fields and APIs. And joining us for this conversation is a prior host and of Press This and often guest. I'd like to welcome back to Press This, Mr. Anthony Burchell of WP Engine. Anthony, welcome back. Hello, thanks for having me back. So glad to have you here. I feel like I'm, I'm in the middle of like one of our Word Around the Campfire episodes. Yeah. You know, one of your like go-to ones to guest host. Uh, yeah. so, so glad to have you back here. And I know you've been pretty busy um, WP Engine, and we're going to talk a little bit about that um, here in the context of the show. But just a reminder for those listening, um, Anthony Bruchel, uh is a headless is on the headless engineering team at WP Engine, and one of the things he he works on is the Atlas Content Modeler, which we're going to talk a little bit here. In addition to uh, just generally headless and custom fields and APIs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so really glad to have Anthony on the show here today to talk about it. I know we've done quite a few headless episodes over the years. So really looking forward to revisit this here with Anthony. Um, Anthony, uh, I, I'm sure I've asked you this story on the show before, uh, but maybe I, maybe I didn't. So let me ask you now, what is, uh, briefly tell me your WordPress origin story. How'd you get started in WordPress? Yeah, I was in 09. I was uh, interning at an ad agency. And then after a few weeks, they were like, well, you, you can do the work. So uh, we'll hire you in. 
And uh, and one day they were just like, hey, try this WordPress thing out. Um, we have a feeling that this this uh, this might be the replacement for all of our Drupal sites that we're doing. So uh, I was tasked with researching. And in 2009 is when I started researching WordPress. I built a quick blog. I didn't really even get into the code. That was the interesting thing. I was tasked with just installing a theme and kind of exploring the UI. Um, yeah. So this is it. Yeah, so this is a pretty exciting time in WordPress in a lot of ways, right? Like custom host mm -hmm. types and fields are not out yet. So WordPress, in my mind, isn't really a CMS back in 2009. Yeah. And, and, and But that happens right thereafter. And that was right around the time that I also founded my WordPress agency. And I remember having to decide, you know, what was our CMS of choice and CPTs had just come out. And there was this big battle between, in, our, in my org, between Drupal and WordPress. Yep. And WordPress won at the time, but the reason it won is because all my leads kept asking me for WordPress sites. And I was like, oh, we'll just build a WordPress site, I guess. <laughs> there was more that went into it than that. But it was, I remember the customers ultimately being, you know, what tipped the scales there. And I feel like WordPress has bridged or even exceeded a lot of those gaps, um, if not all of them. Uh, since then but at the time that wasn't true did you did you experience that at all or was this oh my gosh yes yes that was it was such an interesting thing and that was that was ultimately why i was doing that research is because we were having that battle uh uh where we had uh one developer who's very very into drupal very much uh, knew that that ecosystem had built a reputation with with it uh, and we were trying to tell him, hey, now go learn WordPress, which was taking steps back at the time in the case of like with the custom post types and all of that. So, uh, so yeah, and and I, I think it's really interesting how we're, we're now in that same kind of battle where JavaScript developers are arguing, well, WordPress is not the right thing for this. And, and that's where this whole headless focus is. It's really interesting because I think everyone is now having to do that same research. Somebody out there right now is the me of 2009 that's being tasked with researching headless and building something. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different task now. It's, it's so much harder to, to develop. Like back then when I, my research task was just install a theme and do the five minute install, no big deal. Now it's, it's, it's much more difficult, but, um, and that's sort of where my focus now with ACM, with the Atlas content modeler um, is, is to kind of fix that and, and make that easy so that people can create those post types of today, which is essentially just post types again. <laughs> so yeah, before we get in like deep on ACM, I want to kind of, mm -hmm. I want to give a little more context here for those listening. Um, and so you kind of told us about your WordPress origin story back in 2009 and the ad agency is like, help us check out this WordPress thing. Uh, that's really interesting. What's your headless WordPress origin story? Oh yeah. What was the first time you built something in headless WordPress? And like, it can be like headless, not JavaScript or headless with JavaScript. doesn't matter. Like what's your, what's your origin story? Yeah. So my origin story is a really interesting one. Um, so the REST API was introduced in 4.7. So that was December of 2016. I looked that up before the show. Um, and and uh, I, I, I dug deep through my, my old blog posts and I found that in 2017 is when I built a VR uh, uh, headless WordPress. And I thought that, would, that one was probably my most interesting. And then I, it hit me just before the show that actually there was a prior uh, example that I did, which was a chat app that was a, uh, it, it took the comment system in uh, on a page and made it real time so that if somebody left a comment, you actually saw that populate, but it was also populating the post. And that was using the REST API to do that. So it was sort of decoupled. I guess it wasn't truly headless, but it was an app running within the page uh, that was doing the headless things. 
So I think the VR one is the first one I would qualify for headless. And that one was just loading post data in a VR world and using the featured image as like a spherical panoramic that surrounds your body so that it looks like you're in the place, like those 360 photos. You, um, and that you, one took, cool. that, you took that project to some word camps though, didn't you? I, I definitely yeah. read some articles on Tavern about that. I got some mileage out of that project. <laughs> yeah, that word camp. Uh, you know, I'm asking that question, of course, for the audience. I was at these events and it was fantastic to see, you know, the WordPress content uh, kind of within that VR environment. I think that's such an interesting point is like, this notion of headless, of course, we often talk about the, the notion of like a content management system and then a separate JavaScript essentially application that's, you know, rendering and, and building out the site as you will. Um, but, but this notion that a WordPress site might not have a head that is rendered in the normal WordPress way extends beyond just JavaScript applications. I mean, that's, I mean, absolutely true, right? And we've talked about this on yeah. like a lot, yeah. Yeah, and it expands beyond just like web pages, right? Like our concept of what a web page is is going to change in in the coming years. And everyone right now is the hot topic on my Twitter feed is is the metaverse. And and my my hot take on the metaverse is that it's just a branding thing. Like Facebook wants to obviously own that name, um, but what what it really is is it's just web pages. It's just URLs being hit and being served data and an application uh, interpreting that and putting it around you in my case of the VR space. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting aspect. Anthony, do you know that I have the world's only truly headless WordPress site with absolutely zero heads at all? So did you Photoshop the heads out of a bunch of stock photography? No, I have a, <laughs> uh, a WordPress instance that runs a version of Pretty Links. It's kind of like that plugin oh. redirection. And it's my own custom URL shortener. And there are zero rendered web pages in use at all with that <laughs> instance. So you know, yeah, you are using it like an app. I know, I know. All these, all these uh, poser headless people. I have the world's only true headless WordPress site. Uh, ha ha ha! Uh, tell me what you do at WP Engine now. I know in the past you talked about your community contributions, but what are you working on in the engineering team? Yeah, so we're building the Atlas Content Modeler plugin, and uh, and what this plugin does is it it, it simplifies that step. So I guess let me take a step back and, and sort of illustrate the, the the process you go through in building a headless app. Um, well, let me, let me take a second. Need... You're, yeah, you're yeah. working on something called ACM and I know we're going to kind of like deep dive into it. I kind of want to yeah. do that in the next sec. But from the high level, you're on an engineering team and you're working on this thing called Atlas Content Modeler. Is yeah. this a plugin? Is this a framework? Like, give me, give me the sense of like yeah. what it is. What should I call it? So yeah, uh, actually, the one thing that I, I, I want people to know about it is, is that it is an open source plugin. It is a plugin that you install on your WordPress, and it simplifies creating content models, which is essentially just post types. A lot of people are trying to do that right now as they're creating all of these post types, and, and it's ma mainly render-based the way they're doing it today. So we're focused only on the content model. Yeah, and so that's like a critical part of headless sites, right? Because mm -hmm. the, the external applications are consuming the data. And so your content modeling is critical for this. And so um, I guess you were kind of mentioning though from the Atlas content modeler side, it's kind of in a, a headless first way. And I know a lot of people have had like their own homegrown solutions or cobbling together other kind of post, uh, custom post type uh, field plugins, um, but not necessarily kind of purposefully built uh, for this way. Um, which I think is really interesting. And I've played around with it a little and I've, I've kind of had, you know, of course, 
conversations with just you and I, where I've got to see it work. But I think, you know, I'd like to really take a deeper dive now uh, on it really for myself and for our audience. Uh, but we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're in the middle of our episode, Optimizing Headless WordPress with Anthony Burchell of WP Engine. Anthony, right before the break, you were telling us a little bit about your role in the WP Engineering Org, how you're working on this Atlas Content Modeler open source and free and freely distributed plugin. Um, but I uh, was hoping now, kind of after this first break, if you could if you could kind of break down a little bit more about what ACM does, or maybe even like the problem it's solving for. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, the the problem that we're solving is there is currently a gap between uh, uh, JavaScript developers who are used to creating their their awesome React apps or, or other kind of interactive applications. Um, that would be very hard to convince to go to WordPress. And I think the reason that, that, that we believe the reason that, that it would be hard for them to go to WordPress is because then they have to learn WordPress. They have to learn how to create post types. They have to know that those post types need to be exposed in the REST API. They need to know that GraphQL is available. And then they need to know that they have to actually uh, uh, maintain their, their data to be served through GraphQL. So there's so many things that you have to keep in mind when you're building just from scratch. Now, now there are plugins out there that do this stuff and allow you to, to kind of check that things are in the REST API and things like that. But they're often very render focused and layout focused. And what do you uh, mean by that when you say that? Yeah, so so imagine that you load a web page and and it, it it pulls up and there's there's segmented data. Like for instance, there's columns, right? People really like columns because you're putting things inside of these cells. But this is visual focused, right? Like you're when you're when you're building that data model, it's it's not a data model. It's it's a it's HTML that you're building in the end. Um, and the thing that we're the the difference in in our plugin is that that we're focused only on the data. Because it's it's not always layout based. For look at my uh, um, my VR world. Those were uh, some things can be abstract, right? Like maybe the text color is a field that somebody defines. Um, that's not layout based. So so you kind of have to to separate what you want to be rendered and what you want to be served to do other things in the app. And it gets confusing when you're trying to manage that in in a way that like you're basically using the wrong tool and achieving the goal, right? Um, when so you could be, yeah. 
yeah, I got you. So that's a, uh, so when you say render base, you're thinking of it from the page render perspective and how content is organized and divided. And from a headless perspective, though, you really want a much more kind of pure uh, value-based API approach where I'm mm -hmm. calling a value and pulling a value and then doing something with the value, either showing it somewhere, performing an action or something like that. Is that the gist? Yeah. And then and the other thing that we make really easy is adding more fields, uh, uh, protecting them behind a user system. Uh, that's another really big thing that's really hard to do. And and what a, what a, what JavaScript developers are our challenge is a, our opportunity is to show that that JavaScript developers can that are building other apps can inherit the user system of WordPress and oftentimes like when you look at the core of what it, what a CMS is it's you've got a user system you've got posts that are associated with those users and you're essentially just building data models so showing them that they can use a user system. And, and also that, that user system with Atlas specifically, I know, I know I've said that this plugin can be used outside of Atlas, but with Atlas specifically with the headless framework plugin, you can use that user system within your app very easily because we've, we've got these components that you can utilize that. So you're, it's just an out of the box solution. Yeah, so you're talking about two things there, right? You're talking about like the Atlas headless hosting op uh, offering by WP Engine. Mm -hmm. And you're also talking about the Atlas content model or plugin published by WP Engine. Right. That plugin is free and anyone can use it on any site. But if you're using it in concert with the hosting side, you're saying you get to take advantage of this user system. So it's not a requirement to host on Atlas to exactly. use ACM. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You could absolutely build your own React components to then log it or to get those authenticated responses from the REST API or GraphQL. So you said something interesting just a minute ago. You were so, said something akin to like, you get to inherit all this, these benefits from WordPress. Like, and, and like, but it sounds like one of the benefits you're not able to inherit is this kind of uh, API first or headless oriented uh, data modeling approach that ACM uh, uh, addresses, right? Otherwise, why would ACM exist? It would just be mm -hmm. in WordPress. But then you look at like competitive CMSs, and I'm going to use that with a tilde on it for a second, um, in the headless universe, and you see things like Contentful, which excels at content modeling, but it's terrible at being a CMS. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, you know, frankly, one of WordPress's strengths. And you see things like Contentful try to augment that by like letting you integrate with other things that provide more of a true CMS experience or giving you the content and data modeling to produce your own CMS or something in a framework. But like, do you, do you view like the combination of what ACM is doing and like the inherent strengths of WordPress as even a benefit over choosing something like Contentful? Absolutely. And that's why we're so focused on it. Like if, if consider this uh, in, in the future, I was talking about metaverses, the, the user profiles may have a, your avatar model attached to it. Right. Um, but you have to wait for that feature to be added, or you have to then go build it yourself in other systems, whereas the community is constantly building on top of WordPress and adding more features where that's just going to happen. Whatever, whatever direction the web goes, WordPress is going to support it. So you are constantly going towards the bleeding edge of the web uh, by just using WordPress. Uh, I think that's the biggest benefit and the plugin ecosystem, right? Like you can still use plugins in, in tandem with, with a headless architecture. And, and by that, I mean like Yoast, look at Yoast, they've got great headless support so that you can do all of those SEO things on your web pages, but you know, do it the headless way. I like, 
you know, it's kind of funny. There's always these WordPress, you know, WordPress is going to die because of X or, you know, this is a WordPress killer and it never ends up being true. And <laughs> WordPress keeps gobbling up market share. And, um, you know, and it's funny because we see headless sites is a very small percent of the overall web, just in general at this point, right, in terms of number of sites. Um, but with WordPress as the back end, I wonder like what, what share of that WordPress would have like kind of gobbled up from the back end. Um, but like, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just this, this really interesting aspect I feel of WordPress in terms of its flexibility and themes, things like adding the WordPress REST API and so on and so forth kind of led to these moments where like these killers actually become integrations uh, in, in, in some cases. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. not all, but um, I feel like that, that flexibility is, is really what gives it its staying power because something like Headless, I, I, I would not have imagined that, that WordPress would like find a way to not only play nice, but even um, maybe even provide more value over kind of generic content modelers like a contentful. And, and one other thing too to compare is uh, uh, the publisher experience, right? Uh, I think that's another thing that we talk a lot about is a publisher experience. And I know that sounds like hand wavy. Like what, what that really means is the people that are actually creating the content for your application, your site, whatever it is, um, because of all of that market share that WordPress has gobbled up, it's a familiar interface for most people that are working in these departments. So if you're now creating these data models that are in a familiar interface where you go create a new post, or, or let's say that you have like an employee directory, you create a new employee, everything is laid out there in a WordPress-like way so that you're creating content in the same way and it's getting displayed on those, those rich interactive experiences. So you're, you're empowering publishers now to create more interactive, more rich experiences. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I think ultimately this is what gives WordPress its strength is how comfortable it is for these content creators and not just familiarity, but you know, tons and tons of years of actual working on it and, and, and like obviously not built for the WordPress context. But I think like when I, when I hear the buzz around headless, I hear it from two places. I hear it from developers and I hear it from people that care about speed and security and that's it. But like, mm -hmm. there's this massive gap I still feel in headless that's holding it back. And that's the gap that connects the content creator to what that developer makes. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like this notion of like, well, I'm going to give you a field for, for X piece of content. Like in some cases it's great, like a directory, that's fantastic, but like a landing page, that's terrible. And so like, I, I still feel like that's unaddressed in the headless sense. And I think that's a, a giant opportunity. I think it's an opportunity personally that I think WordPress is playing a critical role in helping to fill. Um, and, you know, I think like the merger of those two things, like this notion that headless is a dev thing. I mean, shoot, PHP was a dev thing too, right? Mm -hmm. Making websites with PHP was only a dev thing and, and editing those pages was also only a dev thing until someone made a CMS. And, and then we got the customizer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, you start to have these more accessible modes of, of modifying and building. And I just don't think that's, that's there yet in headless. And so well, I think, you know, and certainly we, we all watch the, the engineers to like see what's next, but I, I think it's maybe not quite there yet, um, but it's, it's, of course, just getting going. And, and so there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there, I think, for technology companies and people building with it and all kinds of other things. It's, it's definitely early days of, of another digital gold rush in my mind. So mm -hmm. much more to talk about. We're going to take one more break, Anthony. We'll be sure. right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. 
Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm nerding out with Anthony Burchell about optimizing uh, headless WordPress. Anthony, right before the break, we were talking about some of the kind of fundamental strengths of WordPress in the headless context. I mean, I think we're both shills for WordPress on some level, but I think we're also both like right tools for the right job. And I feel like WordPress is, is definitely in a strong position there. I want to kind of get back to Atlas Content Modeler, though. Um, you, you kind of talked about, you know, in the uh, and kind of, you kind of described it earlier, folks kind of cobbling together solutions to kind of address this content modeling challenge in the headless WordPress sense. And like, you know, I guess one of the drawbacks is like, I have to cobble together a bunch of stuff and figure out what to use and why, and what are the conflicts and things like that. Are there any other drawbacks of like the common headless WordPress stack? I think, um, well, it depends on how you approach it. Um, it one of the one of the risks is is uh, the plugin system could be seen as sort of a risk, right? Like uh, if if you're updating plugins and not knowing how they interact with your models or or your content, your existing content, like that sort of stuff can stack up, and it can be harder to keep uh, uh, the integrity of your data without kind of having full control. Um, but also, I guess it's it's true for for uh, an all-in-one solution. But at least you know that you can version out your changes on your site and not segment that stuff out. Um, but as far as like drawbacks to the the architecture, yeah, you do have to think a little more about what your what your uh, content models are going to look like. But the great thing is, is that that uh, with ACM particularly, the the UI is very straightforward. If you need a new model, you click the new model button. And then you've got a list of fields that you can add in that model and you can give them slugs, you can give them properties of like min and max if it's a number, like those sorts of things. And they don't have to think about that stuff. And that's the sort of stuff that 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 you would have to go out and develop on top of. Um, so, so it's that purpose is, built, it feels like it's like one difference, right? Because it feels yeah. like some of these other tools. I mean, I know like WP GraphQL and we had Jason Ball on the show a while back obviously it's purpose built for headless, but like not a lot are like the popular custom field plugins and stuff like that. It's kind of like an ancillary afterthought almost. Yeah. And, and also like what we get a lot of requests for things like uh, repeater fields, right? And repeater fields are basically just repeated data fields for multiple objects that you want to have assigned to a single entry, like a single post. Um, and a lot of times what they're trying to do there is, is, is uh, uh, have some kind of relation between that post and other data, right? So if that other data that you were entering in these repeater fields existed as just other entries inside of their own content model, uh, you have more uh, uh, interesting ways that you can interact with this data or you can build much more interesting queries, more efficient queries based on that so that your application is then faster. So there's just all kinds of things that you do have to think about. But you're working within the, the the constraints of what we've identified as the biggest needs, like those like a number field having a min and max, for instance, like that sort of thing. 
so you have the tools there. It's just a matter of, of getting creative with how you want to use it. In a hackathon recently, I made a, a trading card game simulator. And the thing I needed to think through with that is, well, okay, my data model is a card, or my, my, my data object is a card. And I'm looking at this card and it has a cost of a certain amount. It's got a power of a certain amount. And, and it, this is all just metadata. And uh, so for my application, it was very easy to build that structure because I was like, okay, let me look at the card and put those, those numbers down. And then in the application, I can interpret those numbers and do logic based on those numbers. So that's the way that the, like the thought process should be. It's not so much, well, I need to look at this web page and it needs to render in this order. This is my header, et cetera. It's more, what is the, the experience of your application and work backwards from there? What data do you need to achieve that experience? And then you just kind of, it, it works itself out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think that's also an awesome point to end on. Uh, I'm going to share a link for Atlas Content Modeler in a second, but Anthony, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So glad to have you. I'll have to have you come back and nerd out about Headless again or something else. Um, if you'd like to learn more about what Anthony's up to, uh, you can check out the Atlas Content Modeler, again, free and open source plugin. You can download it. I have a, a little URL here using the world's only true <laughs> Headless WordPress site. Uh, but if you visit uh, L-I-T-T-U-R-L, liturl.co forward slash A-C-M, you can access the Atlas Content Modeler. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.